0: I, um, in giving this sermon, I've, I've been entitled it "Pain in the Process." It, it started off with just being pain, but I, I wanted to talk about pain in the process because I think there are some really valuable lessons and some understanding. Uh, for us to come to in terms of pain. So I will I begin it by asking how many of us are in some kind of pain one way or another? That's the question. And how are we dealing with it? How do we see our pain? And how is it working or not working for us? If we would even look back upon let's say, our most painful moments in time, how did we deal with them? What did we think in the moment? Because pain has been and continues to be a part of all humanity, every one of us. I don't care who we are, we have some pains. And We carry those pains. Sometimes we acknowledge them. Sometimes we don't acknowledge pain. So, what is it about pain that we suffer through and we go through, and what are some of the life lessons about pain? What are the things that we have learned, uh, things that we didn't want to learn, and things that we just simply gloss over? So, none of us, I would suggest, none of us really want to, to suffer pain. It isn't that we go through that. I say want to suffer pain. And yet we know that there are people who do put themselves in painful situations for reasons that are not healthy. And there are people who do things that are painful physically, emotionally, psychologically. uh, They put themselves in, in a pain. But for what reason and what purpose? It is strange, for example that oftentimes in a disorder that young people will cut themselves, they inflict pain in order to bring relief. And for them, psychologically, it brings a form of release for them. So what does pain do for us, if anything, other than suffer, though? Does it do anything? And have we learned any lessons? There's another question we want to ask ourselves, and that is, are we alone in pain? Uh, Because sometimes we can isolate in our pain. We feel like I and I alone am in this particular situation. That happened to Elijah, for example, when he was in the pain of depression after great success, after God had delivered him. Uh, But he felt like he was isolated and alone. It's a very painful place to be. Any of you who have had very extreme depressive moments in your life and depressive moments can be like isolation Uh, depressive moments can be rejection uh, where you just feel totally rejected. Uh, We kind of go through that. Then will there be a time when there is no pain? And actually I'm Saving that for next week. We'll talk about that. But for now, is there a time, or and have we experienced even in this lifetime a time when we feel like we're in no pain whatsoever, (laughs) Uh, or we or we've been in so much pain that the pain that we do have seems like it's nothing. I know uh, several years ago, as I told you, for some reason my whole body was like beef jerky or human jerky and I couldn't raise my arm, I couldn't do anything, everything was painful. Now it's not, and I feel like I'm totally like a free man because of that. So, so we have to ask ourselves, what would life be like without pain? What would our lives be like? And is there a way to be totally avoid pain? In our humanity, could we come to a place where we just totally are able to avoid pain? There's pain out there, but is, is it avoidable entirely? Can we, in essence, live in a bubble, so to speak? And yet, um, we have to ask ourselves, because there are kids who have had to live in a bubble, and you look at how painful that has got to be, because of what they're missing because they aren't able to touch and the, the, all the things that they miss out because they are living in a bubble. As Christians, we, we don't live in a bubble. As human, human beings, we don't live in a bubble. Even though we may try to insulate ourselves from everything, we simply do not. And then, is there a, a value in pain? Can there be a value in the pain that we suffer so we ask ourselves, what kind of pains have we suffered? What kind of pains have you and I suffered in life? What kind of pains do, has humanity suffered? And what kind of pains are we presently suffering from? Because I would suggest that all of us, in one way or another, presently are suffering from pain. We may be suffering from physical pain. It could be arthritis. It could be internal pain, you know, where things are wrong. Uh, we could be suffering just from sitting still and, or, you know, our body's aching and the like. There's physical pain. We also presently could be suffering from emotional pain. And we can, sometimes we can take ourselves back into pain, situations that we've been in and feel the pain of that, and feel it in its presence, and also feel it in the future. So we ask ourselves about, are we having any emotional pain? Or are we numbed out, in a way? Then there's psychological pain. I think of a person, for example, who is, suffers from schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, paranoia, anxiety, depression. These are pains that people, and they're not uncommon to man because if you read of the characters in the Bible, and you also read of their complaints and their problems, you know, David talks about how his bones just ached inside of him, how his heart was so deep, you know, and, and the, as it were, the depths of hell, it's, it's like, you talk about psychological pain, there was a lot. And how about spiritual pain? Is there such a thing as spiritual pain? That's, that's a c- kind of questions that we're looking at. Now, we also want to look at, then, what are we doing about our pain? Are we living with it? Living in pain? It's never going to get any better. There's nothing I can do. And this is just the way it is. Are we just living with pain? So let's take, you know, how might a person be living with pain? People can be living with marital pain. You know, marriage has some pains. And some, why are you so quick to agree with me, Jeanette? I'm sorry. I just thought it was about time. Anyway, yes, we we have pain. (laughs) So, true confession has come to light. So, are we living with pain? We just, that's the way it is. Are we medicating pain? We live in a world today now where there are so many high, potent pain relievers, content opioids, you know, then we've got opioid addiction, we got opioid side effects and all of that, but they're real strong pain relievers that take away basically all the pain. In surgery, you give people morphine and they feel no pain. You can give medication where they're in total anesthesia and they, they know nothing. And yet, you can be cutting on them, you know, cutting a bone in two and putting in hip replacement and knee replacement, and they don't feel a thing. There is medication. So you can medicate pain that way. On a lesser degree, you might medicate pain with tranquilizers to kind of make you feel better. You feel okay. You can give people Xanax, and they feel better and it removes anxiety and the like. Or you can medicate anti-depression. You know, there are antidepressants that make you stabilize your moods so take care of the pain because, again, it is about pain. And then there's a whole host of people who use street drugs to mitigate pain. They use marijuana, they use methamphetamine, they use heroin, they use cocaine, because they don't want to feel pain, and they also at the same time want to be high. They want to be way up here, feeling no pain. So, and, and we use alcohol as, as, as a pain reliever. So these are some of the things that we do in terms of medicating pain. Then there are those who manage pain. If I do this, I'll be in less pain. So I can manage it by doing certain things. And there are pain management clinics. This sermon isn't about pain management, but it's to help us to understand pain and the things that possibly. Then there is spiritualizing pain. There are those who say that it's just a matter of mind over matter. You can hypnotize yourself out of pain. You can deny that you're even in any pain whatsoever. So it's mind over matter. We also can spiritualize it in a different way, and that is punishment in pain. For example, I deserve it. I deserve to be punished. It's uh, so we have to ask ourselves, is God when we think about pain, is God busy working and looking for every opportunity to punish us? And so we live in a painful life in the sense that we we're afraid. we live in fear. Then there are those who are sadistic pain. They're inflicting pain upon themselves and they get some, weird delight out of being in pain. And a lesser kissing cousin of that is martyrdom pain. We're, we become martyrs. Woe is me and how bad it is, and but I'll just keep on going on. And we see examples of that. We've seen martyrs. People are willing to give up their lives. We've seen suicide bombers, and that's the extreme in terms of of martyrdom. But we also see people self-flagellating in order to do away with the the pain of being wrong, uh, the pain that they go through. So another question. These are all questions, and we're going to kind of look at those today. He's going to think, well, we're not going to have much time to look at them. And that, in part, is true. But is there pain only in doing wrong? Is there pain only in doing wrong? So that brings up another question. Is there pain also in doing right? Can doing right be painful? Those are questions. Another question is, is pain all about us? It's about our pain, our problems, and that's it. Is pain just about us? So, having said that, as a pastor over the years, I have heard time and time and time and time again from people who are old and elderly who want to die. And they can't understand why God is still keeping them alive. I hear that all the time. And more so when they're in pain. And, and while they may be medicated as old people, they're just tired of living. And it's painful for them to wake up one more day and and it isn't like they wake up and say, This is the day the Lord has made, I will be glad and rejoice. It's this it's another day. Why am I still here? And then it's painful to watch them. Then is God aware of our pain? Is He aware of our pain? It's kind of like when we do a scale, pain scale. On a level of 1 to 10, how much pain are you in? So, in this day, right now, I'd ask you, on a level of 1 to 10, how much pain are you in? That's a question. And then the question is, does God want us to be in pain? Is that what He wants? So let's take a look, and what we're going to look at here is in Romans chapter 8 today. The Apostle Paul is addressing this issue, and in the middle of the context of talking about who we are and what God has done for us, he talks about pain, and he says this beginning in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, and I'll read the whole context that we're going through, Romans eight eighteen through 20, 25. that the creation itself would be liberated from the bondage of decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pain and childbirth right up until the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So we're going to take a look at these verses and see what we might learn from it. Because the Apostle Paul, in verse 18, is saying that pain is present in us right now. And as I mentioned, I think that we, we recognize that we do have some pains. Uh, we talk about we're getting older. And we look in the mirror and say, what happened? What happened to my youth? What, you know, what, what happened to my, my strong body? And as you get older, even if you do a push-up, you find that your face sags. <laughs> you know that, that old dog? It used to be you could do a push-up and you grimace and your cheeks would stay there, but it, it's, it's as if your cheeks are beginning to just, jaws are beginning to fall. And you think, what's happening to me? And you know that you're getting, it's a painful process to know that you're getting older and that you and I are going to die. And then we have the pain or the fear of, how will I die? Will it be sudden? What, is, what does that all look like? How, how does that feel? We can conjure up things in our mind and, and be afraid. So praying that pain is present, and it commands our full attention. However, he's saying it isn't to be compared to the future. But we all know that the present oftentimes overwhelms the future. The glory that is seems to be so far off, and by the way, glory which we have not seen. We have not even begun to see what might be ahead of us, but we, there is a, a mention and God tells us about a glory. But a glory that is intended for us. Intended for those, all of us, that we might have glory. So we have the present pain and the future glory problem. So let me talk a little bit about, because it it does apply, the present pain and the future glory problem. So how is it that we might think about pain in the present and also the future glory. I think, well, okay, I'll, I'll, just, um, I'll just concentrate on that. And that will take care of my, my problems. It's like being real, real cold and say, I feel warm. Well, no, it's cold. One day you will be warm. Or, you know what, uh, uh, I'm cold, I'll take a hot shower and I'll be revitalized. Or I'll crawl in a warm bed and warm up or crawl into a cold bed, and then get warm, and then so you have hope. So let's take a look at the problem, as the Apostle Paul addressed it, in the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20. He says, this is Paul writing to the Philippians, he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but have sufficient courage, courage, so that now, that, as always, Christ would be exalted in my body, whether it be by life or death. Now, we've got a little bit of a, um, a focal point here, that Christ is going to be exalted in his life, whether it's in life or death. For, I, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This comes to the question, that I, again, as a pastor, I oftentimes dealing with, I hear people say, and have heard some people say, I want to die and to be with the Lord. I'm tired. I don't want to live any longer. And why is God? Now for those hearing it, it's a, it's a bit of a fearful statement. So if you're a disciple of the Apostle Paul, let's say you're Timothy, and and Paul is saying, you know, look, Timothy, I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to check out. I'm going to leave you here, but I'm going. He's not quite ready to hear that. If you're the spouse of someone who is dying and they say to you, look, I am ready to die. Bye-bye and all of that because I want to be with the Lord. But what about me? what about me is kind of what we're asking so this is really what Paul is talking about in part here so so to die is gain if I am ready if I am to go on living in the body this will mean fruitful labor for me yet, yet what shall I choose I do not know and here's the the complexity you know what, what is it I need to do I really don't know. And this is, this is the statement that is made and questions that people ask. What is God's will? What does God want me to do? Why is God letting me live? He says, I do not know, for I am torn between the two. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, that, so that through my being with you, again, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. This is the quandary, and this is the question that we face. But it also begins to answer one of those questions about life and death. Both our living and our dying is not just about us. It isn't just about us. And so when we we think about, and again, counseling people who are near death and family members who are concerned and obviously they're hurt by the potential of the loss, the reality of the soon-coming loss, the one wants to move on and the other wants them to stay. And I've have, I have been amazed oftentimes because pain, I'm talking about pain in terms of the process, that if they died suddenly, unexpectedly, the pain would be so incredible. But I've also seen God in his mercy allow people to go through this dying process as well as the living process. And, and part of the answer is it's not about the person living or dying. It's about others. It is about others. Now, I say that because here's another reality. Much of our pain that we suffer in one way isn't about us. So let me ask you a question. Do any of you have kids who cause you pain? I don't mean intentionally but whose life is miserable or their health is bad or the, the way of, just their way of thinking is askew. So do they cause you pain? You know, we have to look at some of these things. Yes, there are people who cause us pain. And cause us difficulty in that regard. So he tells us, Paul says, look, it's more needful you, for you. Paul was in pain for others. Now, we, we do learn a lesson from this, and I'll just kind of quote this for, from 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 4. By the comfort wherewith you have been comforted, comfort others. It is in pain and the experiences of pain that we go through that we learn or can learn how to comfort others. I say that because oftentimes, one of the things, and Jeanette will have to appreciate this, when you're doing an internship, uh, oftentimes what you'll find is those that are already passed the exams and tests and have their license, they want you to go through that same process and even worse. This happens like with um, fraternities or sororities when they have their initiation. You've got to go through all of this to be a part of that. You've got to pay your dues, exactly. And they're not quick to help you in terms of, of paying your dues. So you can have that on the one hand. So you can say, well, you hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you kind of things, as opposed to, I know what it feels like to be isolated. I know what it feels like to be so alone. I know what it feels like to be rejected. I know what it feels like to hurt I know how that hurt can be emotional, can be psychological, can be very, very painful. I know that. And as a result of knowing that, you might be able to comfort others. That is not askew from the Bible because we have the example of Jesus that that he became one of us. He was tempted in all points as we are, and he suffered. He learned through his inhumanity. So, we have pain because of a broken world. But it's not only because of a broken world. There's things for us to understand in this regard, because if we think it's only because of a broken world, then we've got to think it's plan B. It's plan B. So, I'll come back to that, but I want to touch on for a moment on the pain in doing that which is right. So I'm going to give you a couple examples. The pain of doing what is right, and I'm going to start with Mary. And I'll call, you know, the Virgin Mary. I'll start with that. What did the angel say to, the, to Mary? You have found great favor in the eyes of God okay, is there any pain in that? Well, there was the pain of childbirth. There was the pain of watching her son die. Did she do anything wrong? No. There was the pain of hearing that her son, she was called a whore. He was called a bastard. There were all kinds of pains involved in doing what was right which God had her to do in his favor so there was accusation there was loss and even you know when she held things in her heart things that she saw Jesus do and all of that and not be able to, to say things you know it's it's There's pains in, in that. I want to go to Jesus' example also in Matthew chapter 16. And I think it speaks volumes for us to understand about pain in doing that which is right. In Matthew chapter 16 and beginning in verse 21 through 28, here's what we read. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and they must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Now that's pretty painful. So what is, what is an apostle's take on this? Peter took him aside, and he began to rebuke him, Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. I am not going to allow you to go through this pain. Now, I just want to throw in a little parental thing. What would we as parents do for our kids to keep them out of pain? And what have we done in order to keep them out of pain and difficulty? Have you made any sacrifices? And what have you wished that you could do? That's another question. How many of us wish that we could have won, in our own little fanciful heads, wish that we could have won the lottery and we could have given them money and we could do this for them and that for them and we could resolve their issues? How many of us have thought murderous things? We laugh. But think about this. If you have a relative, son or daughter, stepdaughter, stepson somewhere, and they're in a disastrous relationship and it seems like there's no way out, have we ever wanted to pray, God, take this person out? Have you ever thought that way? Ever had that thought when somebody really is a difficult situation? I have. I have, and I say that not properly, I'm no different than Peter. And what did Jesus respond to that? Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the mind of the things of God, but the things of men. This is a powerful statement in terms of painful situations. Jesus is saying, this is the mind of God. And, you know, the way that Jesus put it other ways, this is the reason that I came to do this. Satan's involvement in Jesus' life to avoid pain. All the temptations, you know, cast yourself off this pinnacle, God will save you. You know, make these stones into bread. That'll take care of the pain, all of that. He says, we need, Jesus is saying, to savor the things of God. Now, the Sermon on the Mount actually is another example of the speaks of the pain in the process. Blessed are the peacemakers. How difficult is it to be a peacemaker? Blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. It's pain in the process. So these are some of the things that we see and we talk about and I think that when the Apostle Paul also is addressing in this example. There, there are lessons all, that abound all over the place in terms of pain. Now, let's take a look going back here now to Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 some of the other things that are told to us here by the Apostle Paul when he's writing about, about this pain. Beginning in verse 19, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Christians help creation with pain. And we actually have a point in our life today where we help other people with pain. We help people in pain who have no hope. Now, do we make a difference? That isn't the point. We actually have been given hope, and we give other people hope. We share the hope that we have. Environmentally, Christians have missed this big time in terms of the environment. And I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you how long. God, at the creation, said take it, dress it, and keep it. Our environment is polluted and all of that. It is all kinds. People are problems in and of themselves. Billions of people on the earth. Now we're talking in an environment, just because we got cows are giving off gas, we got methane and all of that, and we got environmental problems. Now, we read from the book of Revelation, and also from the book of Genesis, we, we didn't read from, but here's one of the things that we need to understand God is able to take care of bad situations. That doesn't mean that we make bad situations worse, but God is able to. We begin in the book of Genesis, and it begins with Tohu and Bohu, chaos and confusion. We end in the book of Revelation, a new heaven and a new earth. We start with humanity that starts well, but not complete, turns into a complete mess. We have salvation, we have redemption, we have all of those things. In this whole process, there's been a lot of pain and a lot of problems.
1: So creation
0: waits for the sons of God. Now, how, how do we impact creation? How do we impact one another? As I've already read, we comfort one another with the comfort wherewith we have been comforted. We care. It waits. Pain and patience are, it is a difficult paradox. Yet we read in the book of James that patience has its perfect work. We also read in the book of Romans chapter 5 that we glory in tribulation because we know these things happen. Jesus, in the pain that he went through, could say that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The Apostle Paul, and this is another thing that we need to understand about pain because we can... Be very, very punitive towards God, but Paul had to say this in his affliction, and Jesus said to, them, My grace is sufficient for you that God has been very, very gracious. Job is an incredible example because Satan wanted to uh, to inflict pain. Satan really wanted to inflict pain to the point of death, but God would not allow Job to die ha. now let's think about what did Job want to do in his pain he wanted to die and God said no he saw him through it all it was a painful process and Job came out on the other side saying you know I thought I understood God but you know when God confronted him with that Job had a different Outlook on all of that now verses twenty and twenty one become very interesting because it says the creation was made subject to vanity that God had a plan and in that plan was pain I think what well let's <laughs> let's take a look at this is not plan B this is plan a because in we read in Peter. Peter writes in 1 Peter 1 verses 20-21 through 21 about before the foundation of the world. Christ was slain. Is that pain? Is that pain before we ever came about? There is something about God's incredible plan that is teaching us in the pain that we go through But not only the pain that we go through, that others create for us. I mean, we're we're responsible for enough, but it's the connection. Because it is very difficult for us to enjoy life when we or others are in pain. If you have your finances, financials, life in order, but your kids are living in poverty... How do you deal with that? Come live with me? Well, having your kids live with you when they're 40 is painful. Let's be honest. It's not the way it's designed to be. Having your kids in problems when they're 40 or 50 is painful. Being in problems yourself. And by the way, you and I are going to become pain to them because we're going to get old and we're going to be a pain to them. We're we're just not going to escape this. Now the question then, we also ask early, are we in pain alone? No. Paul says in verses 21 through 23, we're not in pain. The whole creation is in pain. It groans and travails. So we've got earthquakes, groaning, we got pollution. The whole world is in pain. Everything in creation is in pain. Humanity is in pain. And part of the problem is they reject the reason why. And they reject the reason why because if God is love, we should have no pain but is God doing something in the painful process that we don't fully understand Christians what did Jesus tell his disciples if you're going to be my disciples you must bear your cross and follow me so is God inflicting pain just because he's a sadist no there's a there's a reason, a godly reason that as as Jesus put it, you do not savor the mind of God. When God made the creation, did he think, Oh well, I got this plan out here and and mankind will automatically follow me and everybody will live happily ever after and all of those things in all the, the all the stories I know about happily ever after they went through pain before they lived happily ever after. They went through that. So when we think about, are we in pain alone? Well, no. Because the Spirit helps us. And it goes on to tell us, the Spirit helps us to understand. Oh, So in terms of, are we alone in this? Let's read a little, this is not in your notes, but we want to read a little further in Romans. This is verse 26 now, Romans 8. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Do you think that that Jesus has no pain for us? Jesus went through all kinds of pains for us. The Spirit groans can you imagine the spirit expressing to the father as we think about it here's the heart the mind of a being groans in words the words that can express and he also searches our hearts and knows the minds of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with god's will john wrote in first john chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 he says you know, how great, how, how God has lavished His love on us. But the world does not know Him. The world does not really know God. And that's what eternal life is about, is getting to know God, the Father and the Son. So what do we do? Well, verse 24 through 25 is we wait in hope. Our hope in life is in Jesus. It can be and it is a painful process at times, even as we hope. But we wait. Jesus gives the example of the kernel of corn that goes down, it dies, it comes forth, and it brings forth life. We live in a world of pain. So we have to ask ourselves, and this is the interesting question we're going to talk about next week, how would we live? in a world without pain. Because Revelation talks about a time coming, a new heaven and a new earth. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, which we can declare free at last. A freedom that we are to have in the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I cannot and will not promise any of us a pain-free life. That isn't in the book. But there's something about understanding. All you mothers have gone through pain to bring forth a child. You are willing to do that our Lord went through incredible pain to bring us about. There's a reason behind that that's beyond our ability to comprehend. But it's like we take a different look at pain in this life. We are not alone in pain. But if we mask it, we reject everything. We hide it. You see, what we don't want to do, brethren is to mask our pain and though we feel no pain we are filled with pain that's what people do with drugs Jesus is not a drug he is a reality and the reality we'll talk about next week is what it's like to live with no pain so we'll discuss that in the meantime, there is pain in the process. But there is incredible hope. And we, we, of all people, you talk about being kind to the creation because we ourselves have been through pain. And sorry for the pain of going over time. But hopefully, it will be worth it. Let's conclude in prayer. We thank you very much, Father in Heaven, for your love, your kindness, and for the life that you give us, even in the most difficult of times. We ask that your heart and your mind would be in us, that we'd glorify you. And Lord, help us in the pains that we have to put them in, on your shoulders. Because indeed, that the cross that we're called to bear, the yoke that Jesus has given to us, is one that is much easier than the yoke that we have put upon ourselves. So we thank you very much for your helping us and healing us and intervening in our lives. Help us to be whole and well in your sight. And we give you thanks for all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Feeling the blues today or tired of life already? Do you have questions about life or need spiritual advice? The Worldwide Church of God is located in Fairfield, Santa Rosa, and Modesto, California. We welcome everyone to attend our worship services with us every week at the times listed on your screen.